KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Time to take our weekly look at the economy as we check in with David Fiorenza, Associate Professor of Practice, Villanova School of Business. We talk jobless claims, we talk retail sales, and much, much more. Check it out. So I want to start with a little bad news, good news with regards to our economy. The bad news, jobless claims last week, another spike. We're up to 861,000. Looks like it caught people by surprise. And, and man, we are just stuck in this high six figures for months here. And once again, these are astronomically high numbers that we've just gotten numb to. It is, Matt. And I'll tell you what, we're coming up on the anniversary of when the benefit claims were 3 million, 3.3 million. They peaked uh, late March at 6.9 million. And some people are saying, oh, 800 is not that bad. I think it is bad. Um, I think companies are looking at ways to save money through technology, through attrition, through early retirements. I think uh, they're able to go part-time instead of full-time. There's been a slowdown in lots of areas of the economy. And we'll talk about the other areas of the economy that are doing well. So I was surprised by this. I was saddened to see this, that number of 861,000 filing for initial benefits last week. And to your point, you know, we're coming up on a year of this. You know, we're, what, a month and a half away from the the end of March. And the fact that we're still dealing with numbers like this, I don't know that we can fully appreciate the impact yet of what this pandemic has done to the labor market. We cannot. We have to look back on this probably later on this year or even next year and see what impact it's had on small business, medium-sized businesses throughout the Delaware Valley. And it's going to be felt um, continuing into the spring, I think, until uh, more vaccines roll out and until more people um, are getting healthier as the year goes on. Let's talk the good news, though. Retail sales were bonkers uh, for January, up 5.3%. And great news. And we were talking off the air. You know, retail sales hadn't done much. A stimulus plan gave people extra money, and all of a sudden, retail sales went through the roof. Uh, Why aren't people standing on milk crates and screaming this? Politicians, of, of how the stimulus worked. Here is we. With regards to the $1,400 checks, we see it right here. Well, Matt, you're absolutely right. Now, I do have to go back and say some of my milk crates are filled with old records from the 60s and 70s. <laughs> I'm showing my age. But however, traditionally speaking, January was a month when sales would be flat. It's after all the holidays. It's cold weather. It's when people don't have the money to go out and shop. They're paying down their credit card debt. But to be up over 5% in January, it proves to me, yes, $600 Whatever the person's wages, if it's 30000 a year, 40000 50000 that's a lot of money. So I saw something interesting. Uh, a CEO confidence in the U.S. economic outlook hit a 17-year high, which when you kind of look at the landscape, you're like, huh, but I guess much like the stock market, this is forward-looking. And people, we talked about it, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, pent-up demand, and I guess that's what they're looking at, that brighter times are ahead? There will be brighter times ahead. Even the House 
what we call the house builder confidence is really improving, despite the fact that there's record high lumber prices. It all has to do with low interest rates. When you have traditionally, historically low interest rates like this, I'm seeing the household debt rise, but that's because people have record-breaking mortgage loans through the roof. The mortgage companies are still very busy on on the refinancings, but also on, on people buying homes, maybe they don't have to live in the cities anymore. They don't have to live as far away anymore from their jobs. So there's a lot of factors that are playing into this economy right now. Awful situation in Texas with those ice storms and power outages and water problems. And that's kind of a separate discussion. But Texas is kind of, you know, the heart of a lot of industries and a lot of supply chain situations. Are you concerned that the, the awfulness in Texas could be another drag on the overall economy? Well, sure I am, because Texas has a comparative advantage that other states don't don't have because of their of the dryness down there. They're able to have cattle. They're able to have cotton. They're able to have so many other kinds of things down there, um, dairy uh, that some states aren't able to have. So it's not like we could shift work of what they're doing there and all of a sudden shift it to, let's say, Florida or a place like like that or Vermont, let's say. So I'm concerned that there are going to be some interruptions in the supply chain. Uh, I'm also concerned infrastructure. When we talk infrastructure, you and I, we also should include electricity, water, the power grids as well. This is a time all states, all cities need to take a good look at their infrastructure, roads, bridges, as well as water, electricity. Something interesting, we were talking kind of bantering before we started just about all the snow we've gotten and the storms. And it kind of, you know, triggered a question that we've talked ad nauseum about state, local municipalities, their budgets are stretched because of the pandemic. We were throwing multiple storms on top of that, you know, and probably the last thing these budget needs is to, for the snow and the ice, you know, plow removal, stuff like that to be way higher than it has been in years. You're right. And last year, there was nothing spent in that category of snow and ice removal, very little. So the good news was that all your municipalities in the tri-state area had a very good stockpile of the cinders and the salt. Uh, however, each time they go out with these storms, they come back. The, it's not just the cinder that and the salt that needs replenishment. It's the equipment itself gets beaten up and battered and trying to get parts and supplies from, from various distributors. Um, you know, the, it's a, that's a tough thing. And being able to get the salt that they need, obviously the states such as Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Jersey get the first pick of, of the salt. Then it goes down to the city level, then the county and the local levels. Uh, I guess the good news is daylight savings time, 23 days. Spring <laughs> arrives in 29 days. So maybe that's some good news we can look at for some other numbers that are out there. There was an interesting talk a story in recent days, possibility of St. Joseph's University and University of the Sciences merging. Uh, we've kind of talked about the, the educational economic landscape, and I don't think this is the last one of these stories we're going to hear. No, I don't think so. Also, Matt, you know, every industry has been um, looked at, hit by the pandemic. All industries, nonprofits, universities, schools, everything has taken a look at their figures and say, what can we do to survive? Uh, some mergers are going to happen. You're going to see maybe some smaller schools merge with larger ones. Uh, they have to have a lot of efficiencies and economies 
economies of scale because what I'm seeing is that people can learn online. It may not be the best learning, but if I can, if I could go to a school, let's say uh, Carnegie Mellon out in Pittsburgh without ever stepping foot on campus, then I'm going to sign up for an online course. Uh, again, academia may not like the fact that it's going this route, but it's been going this way for many years, such as university of Phoenix and all these other online schools that have done that. Uh, the small schools are really, really struggling to survive. I feel for them. You know, I'm curious. We've kind of talked around this a little bit. What are your thoughts on the Bitcoin cryptocurrency? It seems like it's getting a lot more mainstream attention than than we've seen in previous. Uh, it, you know, it, it's something that a lot more people are talking about. It is. And it's, it's something that uh, you're going to see a lot more of these kinds of Bitcoin coins coming out in in the future. I don't think it's going to replace uh, cash or replace credit or debit, but it's another alternative. Uh, There's some businesses that are willing to accept Bitcoin. There's a gentleman in New York who's selling two of his restaurants and he put the offer out there saying, I'm willing to accept Bitcoin instead of a cash offer. So that would never have happened 10 years ago, even five years ago. Uh, now, the one thing I'll say about things like Bitcoin and, and actual silver and gold, when people say you should buy gold, you should buy silver. Well, I'm not going to walk around with gold and silver in my pocket because it's very heavy. So we have to take a, a, a look at this and say, are you going to buy Bitcoin similar to buying Apple stock or similar to buying a mutual fund from a mutual fund company. Uh, are you using it as an investment? Or uh, So I think eventually you may see some more regulation come down the road because of what happened the past couple of weeks with GameStop Stop and all those kinds of companies. You may see it with Bitcoin too. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.